What do we do? A podcast discussing wealth management and financial planning. Hosted by the founder and CEO of Great Lakes Wealth, Dewey Steffen. Alongside radio personality, Kyle Bogey. A booyah welcome here on episode 19 of the What Do We Do podcast, Bogey and Dewey. And this is an exciting episode, okay? One, we have a couple of pumpkins on the table. We're embracing fall, October, Halloween coming up. Do what's going on? Yes, happy fall. <laughs> happy fall. It is uh, October, the time for the harvest, some of the ghost goblins. But before we get to uh, Halloween, let's uh, take a look at the, uh, the decorative pumpkins we have here at... Uh, Great Lakes Wealth Headquarters. We just keep adding to the, this this little makeshift set that we have in the conference room uh, here at Great Lakes Wealth. By the way, uh, we appreciate you guys downloading, subscribing, uh, sharing, rating, you know, everything. It's been a wild ride. We're almost to 20 episodes now of uh, WDD, as we like to call it. Uh, and yes. we're just getting started. Bingo. All right. And as always, if you have some, uh, you know, some questions or you want to find out some more information, you can always go to greatlakeswealth.com. U.S. A lot to get to on this episode. We actually are going to be joined by the third party of this uh, little podcast that we have. Mike Sullivan is going to be coming on. And actually a really interesting story on Yahoo Finance about Tua Tagovailoa. I think uh, letting Sully out of the control room (laughs) will be great. He needs a little fresh air. He better put on a mask and socially uh, distance. But it's going to be a great second half of this episode, absolutely. We're looking forward to that. Uh, Well, we might as well start with uh, kind of going back. Because, you know, quarter three or Q3, you know, if you like to call it that, uh, kind of a wild ride. Ebbs and flows, I, I think a little bit different than, you know, most years just because of everything that's going on in the world. But to do basically a rundown of Q3 with earnings on their way out, uh, let's just start there, I guess. What did Q3 overall look like uh, in your financial world? Yeah, it was a dose of reality, Bogey. How does that sound, right? September, the end of Q3, the markets actually dropped a little bit, but the quarter overall was still very successful. And so now that we're into October, October 6th, Today, uh, we want to take a look back and see how Q3 went from July 1st through September 30th, and then we'll maybe do a quick snapshot and just see where where we've come from January 1st to now, and then we're going to really go a little bit fast into uh, what we can hopefully uh, opine for Q4. How's that sound? Sounds fantastic. Uh, what are you expecting here, I guess, uh, you know, as we wait for the, the earnings report for Q3 to come out? What, what do you expect to see? I guess, what are your greatest areas of focus? So just like a baseball game, Q3 earnings are on deck. You know what I mean? So in October, starting about uh, 10 days from now, we'll see um, the earnings start to come in for Q3. And I think it'll be more of what we've seen so far. It's the have and the have-nots. On the note of the recovery, you know, when we were talking about this early on, episode one and two back in June, it was, are we going to have a V-shaped recovery, right? And there's an economic versus market. But a V-shaped recovery, drop down, snap back. Or was it going to be a U? Or was it going to be, unfortunately, an L, which is down and then just drive down? Um, A lot of the smart economists and tacticians out there are calling it a K-shaped recovery. Have you heard of this? Not specifically, no. Right. So I'm calling it an alligator's mouth open 
with teeth on each side, okay? So you've okay. got a similar picture with a K, right, where you have a starting point of the K, and you have one line that kind of progresses upward, yeah. right? And you uh -huh. have another one that moves downward. Follow me? Mm -hmm. Up and down. I've written K quite a bit in my lifetime, so okay. it makes sense. Well, yeah. you got it. So you have the have <laughs> and the have-nots. Those that are in the upper uh, trending K line, those would be technology, um, the technology sector, technology stocks, also the housing market, and other uh, industries that have thrived through the COVID-19 pandemic of 2020, they're the upward trending K. Well, the lower trending K, we really don't have to talk about them because they're all over, but whether that's the airlines, the restaurants, hotels, retail, right? So that lower trending line, it may not start coming back up anytime soon, but I think it will. So that's where, again, take my alligator mouth open, and now you have some, uh, you know, some saws from the teeth, some up and downs, little um, ebbs and flows. There's a lot of power in that bite, too. When it comes down. Oh, yeah. Woo, it snaps hard, right? <laughs> so hopefully um, we're going to just have uh, a good Q4, but it's going to start really by the numbers that we see out of these companies uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, any specific companies that were you know better than most that that had a rougher third quarter than maybe expected? Anyone you want to pinpoint or, or, or point out, I suppose? Well, Kyle, we're not going to know yet because the earnings aren't out, right? So that's what's coming. That's on deck. We have our kind of our list. We have who uh, did well in Q2 and can see if they can sustain that growth. We see those that said it was just a one-quarter mishap due to COVID, and so we'll see if those rebounds are there. But in general, you have the uh, market – which we'll talk about, but you also have the economy, which you know is kind of doing something a little bit different. It's recovering, but maybe not at the same torrid pace that it was. And all of that may be due to stimulus created by the government, Federal Reserve, the Treasury, you know, Congress, et cetera. So with that, let's get right into the uh, Q3 numbers for the markets. Fair enough? Let's do it. Let's do it. So uh, we're going to go fast so we can get to Sully and get to some sports, and get to uh, a few other topics. So the Dow for Q3 recovered 7.6%. Mind you, most of these numbers I'm going to give you also had a negative September, so they were even stronger through August, right? And so year-to-date, the Dow has recovered to only down 2.40%. So negative 2.40 year-to-date through the end of uh, Q3. The S&P... Did even better in Q3, up 8.4%, and keeping it up on the year 5.6% to the positive. And the interesting uh, data point with the S&P is that it actually set an all-time high in August, surpassed the February high. And uh, then it kind of gave a little back here in the, in the month of September. But Kyle... In the midst of the greatest pandemic, weakest economy since uh, the Great Depression, we've got uh, markets that are resilient. What do you make of that? You know, because, like, okay, you're tapped into this world. I am, I'm, I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm trying to understand more, and I feel like I'm doing that every single week just by doing the What Do We Do podcast. But I, I marvel at that. How is that even possible in the midst of a pandemic, an election year, chaos, it seems, and yet the market recovered 
sharply. Right. So the economy is still, let's say, down. It's recovering. Mm-hmm. But just like a patient in the hospital, given a shot, right, given a shot of morphine, given a shot to get it boosted, that's what's happened with these markets. And that's because, again, the Federal Reserve, with uh, the help from Congress, also with these stimulus checks, right, the money that every American uh, you know, received, uh, $600, right? So all of this has been a boost. And there's that adage, don't fight the Fed. So the Fed has said we're going to keep interest rates you know, historically low until 2022, 20. 2023. So all of this has helped to inflate the markets. Um, hopefully, it's doing some to inflate the economy. But we, you know, we'll we'll see. The jury's still out. But with that, the biggest winner so far has been the Nasdaq. Right, the Nasdaq was up 11 percent in Q3, and it's up 24 percent in change through uh, September 30th. So now, all of a sudden, you've got a Dow that's down a little bit, an S&P that's up a little bit, and a Nasdaq that's just ripping the cover off of the ball, and maybe it's overvalued. But uh, uh-uh, uh, not if there's a stay-at-home economy again this winter, right? If the COVID numbers continue to uh, uh, trend the way they have been lately, then the NASDAQ and the tech stocks in there may continue to uh, push these markets and push that NASDAQ even higher still. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So I I guess you mentioned it right there. You know, we have certainly seen, um, you know, at the highest of levels, uh, some spikes in in COVID-19 or at least high profile, uh, you know, appearances. And that was the president of the United States uh, and uh, the first lady ended up contracting the virus. Several within the White House uh, who attended, you know, recent events uh, ultimately have tested positive as well. Only a couple of days because I believe the news came out overnight Thursday. So, you know, the market was there on Friday. Of course, you had the market on Monday. But in that short period of time, just two business days, did you see anything unusual? Did you see the market kind of be affected by that? Well, the market uh, dropped a little bit on Friday because of the word that that had happened. On Monday, the market rebounded somewhat sharply. Um, The president announced he would be going home from you know, the hospital, right? The uh, Walter Reed Medical Center. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... More importantly, some of the stocks. Uh, he was given some Regeneron, uh, uh, one of the phase three trial um, candidates, if you will. And so that stock and a few other biotech stocks uh, ripped higher on Monday, again, because of the opportunity that there may be you know, a vaccine coming for sure. But if they're um, treating the president of the United States, the POTUS, have you heard of this guy? Um, if they're treating him with that, then perhaps that's maybe the front runner, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So with that, Kyle, uh, I'm going to give you some more data. Right now, globally, there are 213 COVID-19 vaccines in development with 35 currently in clinical trials. There's a lot of, a lot of ammunition, a lot of resources putting behind mm-hmm. to find this. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. And with that, the U.S. government has spent $4 billion, that's $4 billion with a B, to uh, help facilitate us finding that vaccine. Um, with that, the numbers are that the U.S. has passed 200,000 deaths. There's been 7 million cases. And worldwide, death uh, totals are over 1 million, and cases have eclipsed 34 million. And this is according to John Hopkins University of Medicine. So, again, a lot to talk about there as well. 
So I guess here, is there anything else that you want to mention Q3-wise before we take a brief outlook and a brief look at, at Q4 as we round out the year? I'm going to give you a few more uh, stats of some of the indices, okay? We're okay. going to run through these fast. So emerging markets, we haven't talked really on any of these podcasts in detail about international investing. That's going to be a huge theme for next year, okay? So stay tuned on that. Why is that? Because you have the U.S. and you have the rest of the world. Again, you have potential valuations. If I just said the uh, Dow is basically flat on the year. The S&P is up. The Nasdaq's up. Well, guess what? The two international indices that we follow, one is the more aggressive emerging markets. It was up 9% in Q3, but it's still minus 1% on the year, right? Well, the international developed countries, and that might be France, it might be England, uh, et cetera, that is down 7.1% on the year still. Right, so uh, there's going to be opportunities to invest, and it's not always in the good old U.S. of A. Uh, along those same lines, the three-month T-bill was up decimal 0.03% in Q3 and returned a whopping 0.56% for. Uh, the first nine months of the year, okay? And we talked last week's episode about uh, cash alternatives, right? So mm-hmm. a T-bill, again, is going to pay about 20 basis points, or as we say, 0.20%. So um, with that, you're going to try to find something else, you know? Um, additionally, Barclays Ag Bond, which is the more core bond index we follow, that was up 0.6% for Q3, and taking it up to 6.79% through the first nine months of the year. So all that to say, instead of being in the stock market, you could invest in the bond market. And in this index, you'd have made almost 7% year to date, which again is better than most of the stock market returns, except for that uh, that bad boy, the NASDAQ. Do you follow me so far? Absolutely. Okay, we're almost done with them. So the next one is oil. This has been the biggest thorn, the biggest uh, stick in everyone's side this whole year. Oil went from 60 a barrel to start the year, right, down to 20 a barrel in June. But somewhere in there, it went to minus 30 a barrel between March 30th Mm -hmm. and June 30th. You follow me? Yeah. Okay. So it ended uh, September 30th at right around $40 a barrel. So it's still down, you know, call it, you know, 30% on the year. Uh, So oil is having a real tough hoe, and so is the energy sector overall. So oil not really having the same success as the tech, if you will. Uh, the gold index, as you know, I love I love gold. Gold shines bright around here, Bogey. Gold was up 5.9% in Q3, and it is now up 23.5% year to date. That's incredible. It went from... Um, the uh, you know out of favor to the brightest shining investment uh, you might have out there, and that'll be something that we talk about going forward as well into Q4 and into next year. Because if we talk about some themes, I don't want to ruin the surprise. Gold might have another uh, another uh, you know ways to go, which would be exciting. The final number I'll talk about, which we don't talk much about on here, the thirty-year fixed mortgage. Thirty-year fixed mortgage is approximately three percent now. You know what that means? That's huge. I mean, it's way lower than it you normally is. You could go borrow yeah. money for 30 years to buy a house and pay only 3% interest. It's incredible. You talk to your <laughs> parents and have them talk to their parents, or you talk to your grandparents, and they'll tell you they used to pay like 15%, mm-hmm. 15% 18% for a mortgage. 
Now you can lock that in for 30 years for right around 3%. Uh, we call that good debt around here, Bogey. No, there's no doubt about that. And, and I guess before we do move on, you know, taking a peek ahead, a quick peek at, at Q4, we've already talked about the election. Uh, we've talked about a potential vaccine and what that could ultimately mean if they were able to get one and one that works by the end of the year, that would obviously have a significant impact uh, on Q4. But outside of that, anything that you're monitoring, anything that you expect to see, is there still going to be this ultimate, you know, kind of volatility here as we head into Q4, just because there's so much uncertainty? Uncertainty. Wall Street hates uncertainty, Kyle. We were watching the debates last week. Did you see these? I did, unfortunately. Holy <laughs> moly, right? And so with the debates, it was talked about that with mail-in ballots, absentee ballots, etc. We may not even know who the President of the United States is by Wednesday morning, November 4th, right? So if that's not the, the surest sign of uncertainty, I'm not sure what is, what right? What a train wreck, yeah. So we have um, corporate earnings here in October leading up to uh, November 3rd for the election, mm -hmm. right? And then it's not only the presidential uh, race, it's also the Senate and the House. Yeah. And we could have a the blue wave we talked about before. could also be uh, red in one house, blue in the other, and the president obviously still undecided. So all of these things are going to create um, – uh, opportunities, but also create um, you know some worries out there. So you either need to be steadfast, or you need to be again working with your professional and making sure that you have a solid plan in place. Absolutely. Hey guys, it's Bogey. I want to take a second to talk to you about Dewey Stefan and his excellent team at Great Lakes Wealth. Look, do you feel overwhelmed with managing your assets in today's financial world? I mean, think about the times that we're in here in 2020. Do you want financial freedom? Great Lakes Wealth offers Wall Street solutions with Main Street values. They sit down with you to develop custom financial solutions utilizing all of your assets, even your 401k. We build the future you want based on your goals and your dreams. That is what Great Lakes Wealth is all about thinking about you, thinking about your family, and thinking about your future. Simply go to greatlakeswealth.us to schedule an appointment today. They offer better investments, better service, and a feedback guarantee. Okay, a feedback guarantee. Your road to financial freedom starts at greatlakeswealth.us. Please visit greatlakeswealth.us or simply give Great Lakes Wealth a call today. All right, so let's go ahead and bring in uh, the, I guess, the third arm of this uh, What Do We Do podcast here, Mr. Mike Sullivan. And uh, Sully, I know you're excited to jump into a story that you saw on Yahoo Finance. You're a big money guy. You love following the markets and all of that. You and Dewey have great conversations, even even away from the podcast uh, via text message or in oh, person. Great conversations we have, Dewey. We, I think we should have some more of them personally. Two peas in a pod over here, Kyle. You, uh, I don't know if you're the uh, the I sugar like or the spice. I like to ask Dewey questions just so I get a reaction out of it too. You know, basic questions or very complex questions. No matter what, though, I know that Dewey, no matter what I throw at him, always has an answer one way or the other. There's no doubt about that. Uh, so, did you want to get to yeah. the story that you saw? Absolutely. And this is actually something that's kind of been a trend, I think, over the last several years because. Athletes' salaries have just skyrocketed, and they make so much money now off the court, off the ice, off the field, whatever it is. 
you can live on one of those salaries and, and just invest the other one. And we have another example of that story going on right and now. And deservedly so, they make that money. I mean, mm-hmm. as much as these TV contracts are and as much as, uh, you know, profit the owners make, of course they should be making this money, if not more. But that's another uh, whole other podcast, believe me. But, Dewey, are you familiar with Tua Tagovailoa? I am, because I thought he was going to the Detroit Lions uh, <laughs> initially, right? He right? yeah, should uh, have. I'm, a lot of people locally wanted the Lions to draft Tua. Because they wanted to be done with Stafford, they wanted he was sitting there at three when they were picking. But long story short, they didn't. Goes a couple picks later to the Dolphins, and and we know that that's how it went down. But that's not the point of this article. It's not to break down his game with anything. It's it's off the field. So could do your Mel Kiper Jr. impression, huh? No, this is finance. This is, this <laughs> oh, this is serious stuff. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I was reading this article, Dewey, and I thought it was perfect just to bring up to you. And like Kyle said, I think this is happening a lot more, but. Tua has, it's been reported, that he will save his $30 million rookie contract and live strictly off of endorsements. Let me read you real quickly what's what's happening here. So Tua got $30.3 million guaranteed, including a $19.6 million signing bonus on his four-year rookie contract, but he's not spending a dime of it. All right, so instead, he told GQ, every NFL paycheck is going into savings and he'll spend to live on what he gets in endorsements. So his endorsement money, which I'm sure he still makes good money off of in uh, endorsements, certainly. They mentioned some, uh, you know, some some of the deals he has. But we're seeing this more where some of these athletes are just taking this huge nest egg uh, of a contract of guaranteed money and putting it aside and investing in it. And Rob Gronkowski was one of the recent ones who lo- came uh, out. Ryan when he... Broyles locally as well. Sure. Um, I mean, Dewey, what... I have a couple questions for you, but on principle, what do you make of that? So I have two comments out of the gate, right? If he's able to do it, and I hope he is and anyone going that route does, fantastic. Saving for your future, right? The average, I think, uh, career of an NFL player is eight years. And I think that our average retirement age is 35 years. I think it's it's even less than that. Yeah. At it might this even point. be less yeah, than that. I, I do. Okay, so that's a. So as most of us are working until you know we're 60 or 65, and then just starting on the retirement train, these uh, professional athletes have to prepare for it a lot sooner. So they have to you know really squirrel away and, and and create those seven streams of income that Sully likes to talk about way before the traditional, um, um, you know, work person in America does. Fair enough? Absolutely. Right? But on top of that, it is estimated that one in every six professional football players files for bankruptcy Terrible. within 12 years of See, retiring it, from the game. And that's what's crazy. I think we need to get Dewey to speak at the rookie symposium every year with the NFL because they, they do. I know for a fact that these – these rookies have put in front of them every single year. There's like a little conference they go to, right? They travel to whatever city it's in. I think usually it's in San Diego. And they have people that come in, former players, financial guys, that give them this real-life advice. And I know they do have financial advisors mm-hmm. there that talk to them about, hey, don't be stupid with your money. This is how much you're making after tax. Don't just go out and buy five cars. Don't buy, you know, ten Rolexes. Not all your friends need a new house. Right. You know, I mean, they're, they're, the hanger-ons is another problem, too. That's what happens, though, where a lot of these guys, and there's a lot of athletes who, who you know, let's call it how it is. There's a lot of athletes who make it big that haven't had a lot in their lives. And they, you know, tend, a lot of them tend to just blow the money. And I think it's a shame because if there was that proper financial coaching that they had, 
it really, I'm not trying to be simple about this, it's really, you know, not tough just to have a basic concept of, hey, I need to save some of this. I can't just go out and spend all of it. So I, I think that, that there's a there's probably a, a happy medium where not, you don't have to necessarily be like Tua and save all $30 million, but you do have to make sure if you're an athlete, you're focused on putting some of that away. Absolutely, right? And sometimes they think that they are with the car that they purchase, you know, that McLaren, that Bentley. That's I can a, always that's sell that if I need to. For yeah. sure. But, um, you know, we won't get into any other specific athletes, but you can go ahead and Google to oh, see yeah. which ones have blown fortunes, hundreds of millions of dollars that are now uh, bankrupt, right? And so it's really, it's, um, it's a tragedy. It's sad. Um, and so really... Uh, for Tua and anyone else out there listening that is a professional athlete, please uh, go to our website, greatlakeswealth.us. We have some calculators on there for you as well, and we'll be happy to uh, help you all that we can You know, stay on the right track to a, a wonderful, fruitful retirement. Well, let me ask you this then, Dewey, because I think that on principle, whether you're an athlete or not, if someone walked to you right now and said, hey, Dewey, Great Lakes Wealth, I listened to your podcast, I love it, I, I really want to get some advice from you. Here's what I'm going to hand you. I'm going to hand you a $30 million check, and that's what I what I want to invest. This nest egg, if you will. I have $30 million. I want to turn this into more and make sure I'm protected. What's the first thing you do? Well, the first thing you do is uh, you know do a financial plan. You need to do an intake uh survey of the individual or the situation, right? It's just like going to a doctor for the first time. No matter who you are, you could be completely healthy. You could be sick. You could have $100,000. You could have $100 million, right? Whatever it is, you need to start with making a, you know, a, a very detailed assessment of where you are now and where you want to be. And there's a lot of factors that go into it in terms of uh, debt that you have now, income you may need, what your expected um, you know, future will look like from your perspective. We talked about this a few episodes ago about uh, planning your retirement based on your age. I was going to say kind of in jest, is Tua even uh, 20 yet? He's 22. Okay, good for him. Think about that. Yeah, if, right? if you're, you forget $30 million, forget his signing bonus of $20 million. If you're 22 years old and you have a liquid $5 million, call it, uh, just this nest egg that you're just going to put away and grow and not even worry about it, not even touch it, I mean, for lack of a better way to put it, Dewey, you, you're, you should be set for life. Well, you should be. But again, there uh, is this quote by, I think it's Puff Daddy P. Diddy, I believe, <laughs> called Mo Money, Mo Problems. <laughs> and I say that with all the sincerity in the world. It doesn't have to be an athlete. This could be someone mm -hmm. who um, wins the lottery. Sure. You've heard just yeah. as many stories about that. Um, whether it's just someone who works a traditional job out there, but gets a bonus and, again, dispends it on something that maybe not the you know most prudent um way possible. These things just happen. So no matter who you are, you need to seek out uh, you know, a professional or a team of professionals to absolutely See, help you. This is another reason why the Lions should have drafted Tua. Because we could have immediately <laughs> hooked him up Dewey could have with Great Lakes up. Wealth. Yeah. Well, keep in but mind, that's too. That's the thing, but, too, though. In, you mentioned the lottery and, and whatnot, and of course people that win. If you have this lump sum type amount, right? This lump sum type payment, whether it's a bonus, whether it's a, uh, you know, like someone like Tua, it's, it's gotta be different where some people might, Hey, I'm going to invest uh, this much per year or this much per month. But 
from your perspective as a, as a financial advisor, is that different if it's a true lump sum type, hey, here's the money on the table, as opposed to, hey, I'm going to commit to, uh, you know, instead of this, I'll do hundred grand a year? Oh, sure. We talked about that in that prior episode about income versus growth investing, right? So it is just taking the money and dividing it into piles known as needs, wants, and wishes. So you first need to figure out what it is you need to live on. And so again, when anyone retires, it could be your parents. When everyone retires, you have a lump sum, like you have it, right? right? And there's maybe no more coming in because you're going to start pulling out from it. So again, it doesn't matter if it's a 22-year-old that just signed a huge contract with the NFL to a 64 five-year-old, you know, middle-class, American, hard-working, you know, man or woman, you have a lump sum, you need to make sure that you make the best decisions possible because if you blow it, again, you're – you know, you can't make it back. You, I mean, these athletes, I guess, think they can sometimes. but I think they're invincible, yeah. But well, that's, and, and again, it's not just uh, professional athletes. No, but, but that's always the conversation, too, with people that win the lottery. There's Every single time it happens, Mega Millions or whatever, the conversation comes up, and it, it's phrased to, you know, the average person in terms of what would you do, what do we do, right? What um, do we do? But but it's always that, that question of, hey, will I accept the lottery in lump sum form or will I accept it in, you know, annual form? There's these different ways that you're allowed to or whatever. That's right. So we would uh, counsel you on whether you should take the lump sum versus those payments as well. Um, You know, uh, that's just another uh, story for another day, if you will. But absolutely, everything um, needs to be analyzed and you need to be thoughtful. So for Tua, real quick, remember, I believe he hurt his knee senior year. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Right? What, ankle? Ankle. Yeah, he had an injury. And knee, yeah. He had an injury. And so that was one of the reasons was, is he going to come back? Is he going to go pro? Or what's he going to do? And all of these athletes in all college sports go through this. Are they going to come back? Are they going to play in that bowl Mm -hmm. game? Right? I'm not the expert. You guys are, but that's why they don't want to risk injury yeah and his injury specifically was actually a a, a broken hip similar to the Bo Jackson injury but not the exact same thing so there were questions about whether or not he was actually ever going to be able to play again which maybe factors into his Uh, 100% making sure that he is good and has that cash ready and that's the thing too though what's fascinating with NCAA right now is finally as of two years ago the NCAA is allowed to fund uh, certain insurance policies for athletes. So, mm-hmm. for example, when Miles Bridges came back to Michigan State, didn't enter the NBA draft, would have been a, a lottery pick. MSU was legally able to f- have this insurance policy where if he got hurt, he would he would literally, even though he's a student athlete, he would get paid out You know his projected earning potential or whatever it would have been, which is something that I think is good that they've done. But it's fascinating because, I mean, there's so many of these, and this is an episode in itself, there's so many of these insurance policies in sports now that have just gotten huge. Look at Jim Harbaugh's contract. Look, look, look at Harbaugh and how, how his contract is with so much of it being, you know, uh, into an insurance policy as opposed to a base salary. So um, the world of sports has just gone away like that where it's just been, you know, more innovative towards that financial Well, there's side. so much money out there. I think it's really the biggest thing, you know. Well, it's strategic planning. Right. So each individual case is different. And the problem is whether it's Jim Harbaugh or anyone who may be older and has been around a few years and seen a few things and maybe already saved a few dollars mm-hmm. and is on their way versus a young man or woman that is just, you know, had this a huge windfall of 10 million, 20 right. million, 30 million, and they're in their young 20s, and it could be any age. Um, I don't know the stats, but I bet 
all of them that said they were going to save it all, all of them that said they were going to find a financial plan that was going to, you know, lock them away with success until they're 65. I guarantee there's a pretty staggering number that their plan was great when they started, but because of situations or, you know, putting your fingers into the cookie jar or changing your mind and wanting that extra toy or that whatever it is. Because again, when you're 15, you're not an adult. When you're 21, you may not be fully uh, an adult, you know, to right. with these decisions. Um, it's not just in sports. It could be in, right. you know, in Hollywood with child stars, etc. So all of it to say is uh, we hope that Tua and any other athletes listening can, again, make a good plan. You should be able to live on just a small portion of that phenomenal phenomenal deal that you've negotiated and um you know you should do a lot of so good with for that. all the athletes out there make sure you call dewey he will <laughs> take care of you he'll make sure you don't lose your money and uh make sure that your contract is in a good uh, good spot but what we always say is you should give something back to your community so it didn't in that report say how much he's going to donate and where it might be but i would challenge all of these um athletes or anyone who's come into you know a sizable sum of money especially in this day and age especially in 2020 Help your community, help your neighbor. Uh, I'm going to plug for everyone listening shop local, seek out local small business, be a good friend, be a neighbor at this time. But if you, again, if you're Tua or whoever else that's um, you know lucky enough to have done very well, put something aside for yourself, but also, you know. Give a little back to those that helped you get there. I think that's the perfect uh, perfect way to end the conversation. Always enjoy Sully uh, joining us here on the What Do We Do podcast. I'm sure options we'll do options next. Oh, oh we, tell you we what, we gotta have that episode. Options is not next, but I will. <laughs> I will uh, let the cat out of the bag. Next is digital assets, aka. Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. I know a thing or two about so that. So that might be something for Tua and the rest of those out there with some money to kind of get a little bit out of uh, cash, a little bit out of gold, and maybe put a little bit into digital assets. The opinions expressed in this program are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It's only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risks and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional.